I think once you start strengthening the muscle of courage, it's so much easier just to keep jumping. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of Almost Somebody Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. If we haven't gotten introduced, my name's Laura. I host this podcast out of Austin, Texas, helping you take your next right step in a life on purpose. So today I'm honored to have Meg Indy on the podcast. Meg is an abstract artist and live painter in New York City. We got to get connected over social media and we have some friends in common and I'm really excited to share her story as she stepped into her purpose and calling to pursue art full time. In today's episode you're going to hear what that journey's been like for her, how she adjusted to living in New York City, and a powerful message of connection between she as an artist and those she paints for. So without further ado, Meg, Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you had me on. So pumped to jump right in. Thank you. Okay, so first question of the podcast: What did you want to be when you were growing up? Okay, I was very passionate about animals as a young girl, and I think I truly believed I was going to like be a dolphin trainer or a vet. I was a very doting owner of lots of little stuffed animals, and I had all these animal-themed games, um, which I just think is hilarious because I grew up and I don't own a dog or anything now. But yeah, I think I wanted to be a vet. Funny because you know my passion for little creatures and stuff actually came out through art. My very first award I ever won, I was put into this like countywide art fair because I was drawing a picture of a peacock and my teacher like took it and submitted it, (laughs) which is so funny. So my two little passions like came together, but the art eventually went out, I guess. That's cool. And she submitted it for you. That's sweet. That's sweet. Yeah. I don't know if Megan knew how to do that, but yeah. (laughs) That's so fun. Have you painted any peacocks since? You know what? Yeah, I did. I did. Yes, when I first started up again in college, and that's so funny you bring this up because this isn't like something I made a print of. I didn't sell it. I think it's in one of my drawers. Yeah, I did. I made a grown-up peacock, which is just super. Do you still have the original? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you know, I really should have that like out and about next time I do a gallery or something be like, this is where we started, everybody. I actually never said this out loud. Like, this is the first time I've actually shared that story on a podcast. That's so cool. That's literally the heart of the podcast. How did you pick abstract art? How did you get into what you're doing? I love that. So... I'm going to start where I am today and then we'll go back in time. So right now I am an abstract artist full-time living in New York City. And I literally can't believe I just said that sentence out loud because she is like 10 years ago, I was just entering college. Um, I was going to Georgia Tech to be a marketing major. I wanted to work in the corporate world. I had big dreams for business. And my life has just taken like such a 180 in the most beautiful way. Um, let me think. So I grew up in Augusta, went to Georgia Tech, um, did the business thing, loved it, which marketing is basically a way of storytelling and sharing your passion. That's really what it was for me, which is why I really enjoyed that as a major. And I was moonlighting as an artist. So my passion for creativity has been with me all my life. But I think it's one of those things that it came so naturally that it 
called for no additional attention from me. Like I never thought of it as being something special. It just was something that I did the way some people are really good at jogging or they're really good at making mac and cheese. I don't know. This is just like something I enjoyed doing and I didn't think anything of it. And I would paint these little things. They were postcards in my dorm room. And I had friends who were like, wait, whoa, can you sell those to me? Can you da da da? And um, next thing I knew, I was like peddling these prints to people. There were these girls on the softball team at Tech that were in so many of my business classes. And I would trade them Georgia Tech themed prints for their study guides because they get the best study guides and they had like the greatest like grades in the class. So anyways, those prints helped me get um, <laughs> some good studying in in college and use it as my currency. But once again, I just didn't think anything of it until I graduated, got a job and I started painting more and more and on a larger scale. And once again, it's one of those things that the first person to notice your passion is rarely yourself. It's other people who see it because you just don't think that you're special. Like you just think that everyone can do this. And when I was working my corporate job, I just had so many people reaching out to me to paint for them. And slowly I was like, wait a minute, maybe this is something, maybe I need to explore this. I had a day in my corporate job where I realized that all the decisions I made up until that point had nothing to do with who I was as a person or what made me happy. I was just checking off boxes. And in that moment, I walked home, I called my mom and I came mom, you know that thing I do on the side, you know that painting? I'm going to quit my job and that's going to be what I do full time because I think that's what's going to make me the happiest. And that that conversation happened on August 10th of 2017. And I celebrate that every single year. It's also my half birthday um, as like a little victory of me, like deciding to pursue what truly makes me check. So anyways, fast forward. I got a studio. I actually owned a co-working studio for two years. I had 16 women painting in this um, converted warehouse that I flipped. I don't know if you knew that, but that was like a whole chapter of my journey, which I met. That was me answering a Craigslist posting for a studio. And it was one of those things where you have one idea for your life and God's like, hold up, I'm going to blow your mind. So (laughs) exactly, exactly. And then um, once that settled down, we got to this point you know, me and my now husband, we're like, what's our next big adventure? Like, what's something that will scare us? And we're like, New York, New York sounds terrifying and exhilarating. So let's do that. So we just moved into our apartment um, two months ago. And I am continuing my art journey. We're now in, I think, my fifth or sixth year as a full-time artist. Congratulations. Thank you. That was a really long-winded like journey. Yeah. But Amazing. You took us along the whole journey, which is so awesome. What's been the scariest and best part of moving to New York? Because that's like a big, a big move. The scariest part. I think the scariest part is you will always think about what will go wrong before you take the leap. And then the best part is once you do it and you realize that the reason why you even had the inkling to do it in the first place was because everything's going to go right. And I really do believe that. And not to say that everything's perfect, but when you look back, you see, oh, wow, this really all played into the plan. Like this, this was exactly what we were supposed to do. 
So yeah, I was sick to my stomach when we were signing the paperwork for our 100 year old apartment. It's a fourth floor walk up. You're thinking all these crazy things. And, you know, what if, like, what if painting's difficult there? What if it's too noisy? But, you know, I got to say, LA, the reason why we decided New York was because we both were dreaming about it. And we had this like intense, like feeling of this is what we're supposed to do. And there's always going to be that little gap. Like, you know, the path forward and you know, there's like a little jump. And it's only when you get to the jump, like the fear sets in, but then you jump, you're like, that was amazing. Let's do it. I think once you start strengthening the muscle of courage, it's so much easier just to keep jumping. But would you like like a more tangible example of something like very nitty gritty about New York that I love? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, the one thing that I didn't expect, but I knew would be maybe hopefully part of it is the humanity of this city is truly humbling. I went to the New York like public library, not the cute one, but like this little dinky one up the street from me off of Mulberry Street. And I walked in and I looked around and there's all these people on the computers and like kids running around. And I heard so many languages being spoken all at once that I actually started to cry. I'm like, this is so amazing. I have not been around this much like sheer humanity and difference of thought and walks of life in so long. And then even like a few weeks ago, it was Chinese uh, Lunar New Year and we live really close to Chinatown and you walk outside and there's like grandparents walking with their children because Lunar New Year is um, very family oriented in that culture. So it's the whole family line, the whole family tree, they come together and they're, you know, shooting off, little streamers and poppers and there's these people dressed as dragons running around and there's just so much joy and it was a culture that I was pretty unfamiliar with and that too like you can ask my husband I'm sobbing on the street corner just like I love how human everything is the distance between me and my neighbor is so much smaller here than it was in Atlanta which is shocking because people convince you it's the opposite but it's not like you the humanity of your neighborhood, your community. It's so palpable, like you can't help it. Something that I saw on your page was helping find the balance between hustle culture and inner peace. Could you tell us more about the contribution behind that mission? I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's such a big topic. And I've had to think about this and mull it over since starting my business journey because I think when I quit and was doing this full-time hustle culture was like actually becoming a thing and it was a very normalized popularized thing it wasn't until the last like two years have people started like debunking it and I think the thing that I learned the most is that hustle culture chases the dollar but your passion chases your purpose and that's been huge for me um yeah that's been like a really big mindset uh change uh, especially because I didn't I didn't become an artist because I wanted to make a gazillion dollars necessarily but hey like won't turn it down if it happens <laughs> but more importantly I changed careers because I felt that I was able to make a more tangible impact on the people around me in my community Um, and I was able to do something that aligns with my faith, 
um, so much more um, like in a realer way than I could in my corporate job. Not to say that you can't have purpose in corporate jobs. Like, oh my gosh, there's such incredible purpose to be found there. But I think everyone is given like a very unique set of skills and you have to find your unique avenue to get to share that. So this is my unique avenue. Um, but as far as purpose goes, I think, yeah, everyone's called to share their purpose. But if you get distracted too much by the hustle, you start saying yes to things that are actually making you say no to yourself. So it might be collabs with brands that don't actually speak to who you are, or maybe it's saying yes to projects that will steer you off course. And maybe you're working with um maybe the wrong crowd. I'm not quite sure what that is going to look like for people. But for me, finding that inner peace amidst the whole like hustle culture, that was me forcing myself to slow down, do a lot of touch points. I'm consistently writing out like who I want to be, who I am, like where I want to go. And that can only really be achieved with like a lot. I love that. I relate to that so much too. There's got to be something there and I'm kind of obsessed with the process that each person takes going on a similar journey of like you're not the first person to ever leave corporate and go like pursue art but it's you're you're you and you did it your way and like I love that process in between of what that looked like for you like a lot of people like to tell themselves that they can't change and that they are dealt a certain set of cards and that's just is what it is but when they see somebody like you breaking out of their shell and going after it, all of a sudden they realize that the onus is on them. And I think it makes them uncomfortable sometimes because now they can no longer be complacent in their journey. They realize they're not in the passenger seat, they're in the driver's seat. And that's scary because driving comes with consequences and we like to be as comfortable as possible, but that's not the life that we are called to lead. Um, but then what I have to say is the reason why it's so amazing that people like you, LA do make those big leaps is there's something that I call secondhand courage that even if people don't, if they're like, Oh no, she's doing all these things. They might feel a little uncomfortable at first. You give them secondhand courage. And those are the people that then call you and say, Hey, I saw that you did that. How did you do it? Because I want to do it too. And then you kind of blaze the way for people to start making decisions for themselves. So there's always going to be a bit of that friction. I felt that friction when I wanted to move. I felt that friction when I wanted to quit my job. There will always be friction, but let that be a sign that you're doing something really important. And then, you know, with time, just like everything, that friction smooths out all of the corners and and it will be one of the best decisions you've ever made. Have you seen your work evolve since you got started? Oh my gosh, night and day. And it's so funny because it speaks both to like the scaling of my business, but also the scaling of my spirit. Um, so when I first started painting, I told you it was like little teeny postcard sized things. And they were all watercolors of like a tree or a campground or a little cute van. Like they were very, it's like the object I was painting spoke for itself. It didn't need my narrative. And not to say that that's easy art, but that was easy for me. Um, and so it was like little, little things. But as I started painting more and more, my art physically got bigger. 
So I went from painting paintings that were four inches by six inches. And now I make pieces that are 48 inches by 60 inches, like huge, like as tall as I am. I don't really do watercolor. I mostly do abstracts, um, really large abstracts. And the shift between doing those little figure studies to the abstract work, it's actually a commentary on me stepping away from, I think, an outside focus and turning my lens inward. Um, and I do think abstract work is a mirror to your spirit. And it's been so much more fun getting to communicate through color, through movement, um, inviting people into that conversation with me, but most importantly, inviting my inner child into the conversation with my grown up self. That's what my whole work is about. It's storytelling. It's me feeling things. It's me finding my inner, my inner child, my, my playful side. Um, so that's kind of been the evolution. It's honestly, my work is now me. It's nothing about the outside world. It's no longer cute little figurines. It is the raw. It's the real. It's the big important questions I'm asking myself like every day and hopefully hoping that when somebody views that work, they get to have a moment of pause to ask themselves the same things. That's beautiful. I don't know, a conversation that your work has sparked with someone. Have you had like feedback like that that's kind of moved you that like what you're putting out there maybe is received in the same way yeah so I love this question because my last uh art collection is called joie de vivre which is the joy of living and I actually asked people to submit anonymous stories about their interpretations of joy and it was an incredible gallery um not from an art standpoint but purely from the human narrative standpoint. So when you walk through the gallery, there are 16 pieces and every piece was inspired by a collection of these stories and you could read them. And the most beautiful part is when you read the whole body of stories and you saw all the work that accompanied with it, it became so clear that joy is not a fleeting feeling. It's a spiritual discipline and joy is not felt in the absence of hardship. It exists in that as well. So when someone's like, hey, like, what's joy to you? When somebody is submitting a story about the time that their mother passed and it wasn't the passing that robbed them of the, the joyful moments, it was that dark, heavy low in their life that made those last few weeks with their mom so special. Or... um, you know, moments in time where they were going through those like tough stages of adolescence and trying to figure themselves out and the beauty that came with that. So that that's probably a conversation that I have most loved that amongst others. I've had so many series with an anonymous story box trying to encourage people to explore these topics within themselves. Um, we had a sister series. It was all about um, examples of positive female mentorship um, beloved series was all about womanhood and like what makes you beautiful and not even in like a physical aspect what we're like trained to believe but like what is the beauty that you know you put out into the world so lots of conversations LA <laughs> lots of incredible responses and the craziest thing is I do not know who submits these stories like I, I don't know 
And that like brought me to tears too in my gallery because I knew that there had to have been a few humans in there that were seeing their work in color for the very first time or their words rather in a body of work um, and having them living and breathing in the space with me. And I didn't know who they were. It just was awesome. It was so much fun. What's exciting for you in personal life in NYC and in business in 2023? All right. So in life, I have been loving exploring food and coffee shops. So if you come up and visit, I'm going to have to take you on a little food tour up here. It's just the best. Um, And then the other thing I've been doing personally is I've been going on blind friend dates, which is so much fun. Uh, I just went on one this past weekend. I tag teamed with my good friend, Kayla, and we cross paths with two girls at New York Fashion Week. And on the spot, we're like, let's go out. And so we met for dinner. We didn't really know much about one another. And we're like, let's just jump right in. Let's be best friends. And it was honestly hilarious. Like it truly felt like a blind date with all the perks of like gal pal friendship. It was great. But then as far as things I'm looking forward to in business, this year is my year of um, just bold leaps specifically with art and making connections. I think I was really protective of my art and I wanted to work in a small, like warm cocoon for the last few years for a lot of reasons. A lot of it was like that inner peace versus the hustle, you know, but this year I feel like so good in myself and my work ethic that I'm ready to start working with galleries. So well, fingers crossed we'll have a show maybe that will be your reason for coming to new york i'll have you yeah. amazing yeah. yeah yeah so that's kind of the the big thing what about you am i allowed to ask you what big life thing you're looking forward to yeah it's just kind of celebrate honestly that there have been this many episodes and continue to have great conversations with people and see where it goes not wait to see this podcast just continue to bloom and awesome i feel like the guests you've had on the show, they all have, what's the word I'm looking for? They have like this earnestness to them and this like warmth, which I don't think is as valued or easily found in this world. And I I think a lot of like go-getters or at least the narratives that are like thrown at us all the time it's not like these like humble, kind, like generous people. It's people who are like zip, zap, zap, you know, all over the place. But it's, I mean, I feel like you offer just, you know, a living room full of people sitting on the couch asking you to come join them. And I just, I'm so proud of you for starting this venture and I can't wait to see how it continues to grow. Thank you. That just meant the world to me. Well, how can a listener work with you or find your art? hot dog well i am meg underscore indian instagram and then i'm also on tiktok but the content over there is really different so i feel like back in the day facebook was very professional for me and instagram was fun but now instagram is professional and tiktok is like my little fun outlet but i would love to be friends with you on both platforms you'll get like the fullness of me. (laughs) Um, And then I take commissions. So I'll do one-on-one projects with people. If anything that I've said about abstract has spoken to somebody listening and you want to be invited into the dialogue of a commission painting, hit me up. 
Um, and then I'm going to start selling prints of some work from the past, my archives, which I'm really excited about. And then if you are a first time collector looking to get your foot in the door, you want to stay tuned on my Instagram stories. I will randomly do sales. So when I do the doodling that I talked about to kind of get myself out of a creative funk, Sometimes I'll just sell those so they can be out in the world giving somebody joy. For being on the show. Thanks for having me. Okay, I hope you were able to gain your next right step, some inspiration, some encouragement, and just are able to connect with Meg. She, as you can tell, is an incredibly passionate, kind, caring, and purpose-driven individual. So it was great getting to speak with her. And I hope that you enjoyed the episode. We talked for hours and it was really hard to cut out some of the episode because we just went on long rants and it was so much fun. But I hope this episode blessed you in a way and that you are encouraged to take your next right step. Definitely go connect with Meg. And thanks again to Meg for being on the podcast. Y'all have a great week.